cow-calf herd in the central U.S. calls their veterinarian because after preg check, their cows had an 87% pregnancy rate and their calf mortality pre-weaning was about 7%. They're concerned about health issues in the herd. What's happening with this herd? Find out on Bovine Science with BCI. This is the Herd Health Edition. I'm Brad White. Happy to be joined by Bob Larson today. Hi, Bob. Hey, good morning. So this is a case that occurs sometimes, and both you and I have seen and worked with practitioners that have to deal through. These can be really tricky. What are some of the first things that run through your mind when I'm outlining this scenario? Because pretty vague and a couple different things going on. Yeah. So one of the questions you really start to investigate is, are these two separate problems or are they linked in some way? And, you know, coincidences happen. So it's possible that these are two separate problems kind of occurred at the same time frame. Um, but it's also very possible that they're linked. And so that's maybe the first part of my investigation is really figuring out exactly what were the symptoms of calves that died? What did we see? What was the breeding season like? Uh, so I'm, I'm investigating them as potential for two separate problems. But there it is possible that it's a single problem. And one of the diseases that can cause both calf death loss to be higher than expected and our breed up to be worse than expected is a disease called bovine viral diarrhea or BVD. So I'll, I'll ask though, with BVD, one of the things as I outline those, their preg rate is not that low. It's, it's in the upper 80s and their calf death loss, while 7%, I would expect it lower, but there are some years worse. So neither of those is out of the park high or uh, low. That's exactly right. And you and I have both been involved with some herds that had uh, BVD problems that had really noticeable problems, but not very often. Usually BVD is a disease because it's a virus. Uh, you get some herd immunity. Uh, we have fairly effective vaccines that a lot of herds use that you don't see all the cows or a majority of the cows being affected. It'd be the, you know a, a handful of cows in a herd that really, because of the timing of exposure relative to where they are in pregnancy, and just their immune response, it's not the whole herd that's at equally at risk. There's a subset of the herd because of age or previous exposure that's more at risk than others. And so we see a noticeable problem, but it's, it's, not, up, it's not above 10%. Well, and it may have been there for years, right? We may have noticed it this year because it's a little bit worse this year, but it may have been there for years. So on your differential list, you've got BVD as one differential. What are some other differentials that you'd put on your list? Well, really any of our abortion causing diseases such as IBR or Neospora could cause my breed up to be poorer than typical. Some of our nutritional issues. So what was the body condition score of the cows going into the breeding season? What was the breeding ability of the male? So actually there's a lot of things that can cause uh, a few more open cows than expected. So nutrition, bull fertility, cow fertility, and infectious disease are all on the on the list of things. When we look at calf death loss, you look at weather, risk of scours, risk of other things. And, and what I'm looking for is, are, again, is there two separate things going on here or is it possibly linked? And potentially management issues. I'm bringing in calves or exposure to outside animals or some of those things. But let's, let's focus on this problem. So it's preg check time, lower preg rate than we wanted, higher calf mortality, we're weaning the calves today. You said you've got several things on your differential list. What's the diagnostic test that you want to do, or is there specific things you want to hone in on? Well, it's not ideal, but one of the things we could do 
is do some BVD testing on these calves at weaning. In that, the way I would interpret that is, and we typically use a skin notch, and there's a couple of different tests one can do with that skin notch to determine whether this animal is a persistently infected calf, a calf that's persistently infected with BVD. And that is the reservoir, that is the main spreader of this disease, is a persistently infected calf, but it's a relatively unusual calf. So on the, the national herd, it's probably in the area of three out of a thousand calves are persistently infected. Now, in an infected herd, it could be many more than that. So the way I would interpret that, though, is if I have a positive calf at weaning, I'm pretty sure that BVD is in the herd because it fits the history, and uh, we have a positive calf at weaning. But if I did, were to test all the calves and they were all negative, that doesn't really remove BVD as a possibility because it's possible that those calves that died included my persistently infected calf. And so a positive test would put BVD very high on my rule out list. A negative test would not necessarily drop it off of my rule out list. So you've got uh, several things you can do. And you mentioned like immunohistochemistry or antigen capture, ELISA. You're looking for that PI, persistently infected calf. And, and let's, let's take the scenario that you test in this herd and you have two calves that come up positive. So now what? All right. So this is a unique disease in far, you know, there's a lot of diseases that cause persistent infection. We've talked about some of those diseases such as anaplasmosis, bovine leukemia virus, neospora. There's a lot of diseases that once they get into an animal, they're there for life, right? BVD is that way, but very specific scenario. The only animal that is persistently infected was infected during gestation in utero. So once an animal is born, it can't become persistently infected. It can become temporarily infected, but it won't establish a permanent infection status. The only way we get a permanent infection status with BVD is a calf that was infected in utero. And, but, and only at a specific time in utero. Exactly. And so that's both our advantage and disadvantage for the control of this disease. The, the advantage is, yes, BVD can spread through the herd and cause some temporary infections, but we're not going to have the creation of new PIs except during gestation. So the scenario you gave me where it's at weaning time, the, the frustrating part as the veterinarian at that point is, well, the cows are all pregnant. They're in gestation right now. And if I find a calf that's positive in the weaned calf group, well, he was there during gestation and could have easily exposed other cows in the herd. And there, so it's very, very possible that there's persistently infected fetuses in some of the cows in the herd. So that's the concern. So, so the ones that we preg checked, yeah. they're pregnant and, and we know they've been exposed. If I just found a PI, we know they've been exposed to that PI, which means I probably have PIs coming next year. It, that's, that's what I'm concerned about. Yeah, exactly. All right. So break this down step by step. What do I do with those two PIs that I found? Our general recommendation is to euthanize them because a majority, but not all, will die before they reach a, you know, a salvageable or slaughter weight. And during that time frame, they are shedding a lot of virus and can cause those temporary infections, which can be pretty severe in calves. It's, it's an immunosuppressive virus. And so a lot of times the calves don't die of BVD themselves, but it makes them susceptible to respiratory disease, digestive tract disease, other things. And so I don't really want that 
reservoir around my operation. So typically we will euthanize them. If somebody doesn't want to euthanize them, then it, because, well, this is a, a reservoir that's shedding a lot of virus, they need to be isolated. So those are really your only two options is euthanize them or isolate them away from other cattle. You could house all the positives together, uh, but you're isolating them away from the rest of the cattle. And you'll probably see more disease in that group, but some of them may survive and reach a marketable weight. So if you end up with a large number of them, that may make sense. And nobody wants to euthanize those, but I also don't want to prolong this disease any more than possible. So let's say we took those two and we euthanized them. What about the rest of the calves in my herd? Any concerns about them? And should I do anything different with the rest of the calves who seem to be healthy today? Yeah. Assuming that we tested all the calves, I I pretty much trust my test negative test. Of course, there's always the possibility for a false negative but pretty low possibility. So I'm going to assume that these calves are not persistently infected. Yes, they were exposed to the virus, but their body was able to fight it off. And I don't have any problems considering them to be healthy and and I could sell them or I could retain them. And I feel like those calves that were in contact with those persistently infected calves, they're fine. They should be able to perform well uh, in the next phase of life. Okay. So now we're on to the cows and those, because you, you did no testing on the cows. All of your testing was focused on the calves. In those cows, do I, you mentioned some of those may have be harboring a PI. I'll put it that way, yes. gestation. Anything I can do? Can I test the cow and figure that out now? Do I have to wait through the winter until that calf is born? What are my steps with them? Pretty much I have to wait until that calf is born. There's really no practical way to test the cow to see if she's carrying a persistently infected fetus. Now, there's a few things we've done on research that kind of give you some clues, but nothing really practical, nothing that's really uh, definitive. So what we have is a group of cows that I am concerned one or more of them is is carrying a persistently infected fetus. So basically, we'll just carry them through the rest of gestation. Now, some of those PI calves or even cows that were exposed to BVD may abort post-preg check time. And so watch this group of cows for signs of abortion and probably cull those animals. But there's really nothing I'm going to do until next spring or when they calve. Now, this is my chance to do some diagnostic testing. Once that calf is born, I can test them. And this is so different than most other diseases we deal with in that a test for persistent infection for BVD virus is a once in a lifetime test. In that, If you're negative when you're born, you can never become persistently infected. And if you're positive when you're born, you'll always be persistently infected. So whether we test them at birth or weaning or yearling age, doesn't matter. No, it's a a once-in-a-lifetime test. The reason I like to do it near birth, or let's just at least say before the start of the breeding season, is if I can take all the cows that are going to go to pasture with a bull and they've got a calf outside, I would test all those calves and I heard that we had this problem last year. I would test all those calves before the start of the breeding season, and any calf that's positive would be euthanized, removed from the herd, because I do not want him out there with cows that are getting pregnant. And at that time, I will test their dam. We haven't talked about testing adult cows at all, and it's because it's actually relatively unusual for a cow to serve a persistently infected female to survive all the way to become a replacement heifer to get pregnant, to maintain her pregnancy, and to have a persistently infected calf. That's relatively rare, but it's not unheard of. 
So it is possible for a cow with a persistently infected calf to be persistently infected herself, particularly if this is her first calf. So I will test the cow, and if she's positive, she goes to probably a cow that has a persistently infected calf. I'm going to test that cat, that cow, and she'll be negative, meaning that she's not persistently infected. She was just exposed during gestation. And so she can stay. We've talked before about I like to, I like to call open cows, but there's no reason from a BVD control standpoint that she would have to leave the herd. So a little bit of logistics. As we think about testing those newborn young calves, depending on what test I'm doing, usually it's an ear notch that I'm taking. And the test that I'm doing may dictate my storage technique for my sample of how I want to store it. But it is storable. I don't have to have those sent to the lab right away. And even from your disease management standpoint, I could bank all those as I go through spring calving and send in the season's worth right at one time if I wanted to, because what's critical is I have the answers before breeding season starts. So if I go through the calving season, I don't have to take a, take a notch today and send it off today. I can collect them and send them up in batches if I wanted or however. Is that oh, fair? Exactly right. Because the, the main thing we want to do to prevent this disease from carrying over to another generation is make sure that the cows during the breeding season and early gestation are not exposed to a persistently infected calf. Yeah. So this is a disease, and, and we've talked about some others, that long-term persistent carrier state, we have a good test, we can identify it. And with many of those other diseases, well, some of them, you can identify it, get it out of the herd. And if I get them all out of the herd, I'm done. With this, you're telling me I've got a two to three year lag before I really get this sorted out. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's pretty fair. I, I can make a lot of progress but it takes several months. So it depends on when I first recognize the problem, but usually I recognize the problem after some of the herd is already pregnant. And so that means I'm probably going to have to wait until those calves are born and I'm preparing for the next breeding season. So up upwards of 12 months. And then with a good diagnostic test strategy, that's pretty aggressive, trying to really test all the at-risk animals, as well as uh, we have fairly effective vaccines for this disease. Like many situations, it's not the vaccines aren't 100% effective at getting protective immunity in all cows. And that's why we have a few of these, even in a vaccinated herd. So we're going to use a good vaccination program to minimize the risk and a good testing strategy. I can make a lot of headway and, and really help a herd within 12 months, but it's not going to be within a few weeks. Yeah. So you can get rid of most of it. And you mentioned the vaccines because immunity plays a role. But this is one of the cases where that PI that we talked about, just overwhelming virus shedding. And if it can overwhelm even really good immunity, otherwise this disease would burn out of every herd. Yeah. Otherwise you would get good herd immunity because of the exposure. Uh, but yes, those persistently infected calves shed a lot more virus than a temporarily infected calf. Two, two reasons. One is the amount per day is just tremendously higher. And basically they're shedding most days of their life. Whereas a temporarily infected calf is going to shed virus for a handful of days. And that's part of the spread of the disease, but pretty minimal compared to the exposure from persistently infected calves. Absolutely. A lot of intricacies with we glossed over vaccines a little bit, but they're an important part, important control mechanism. Diagnostic tests, we said there's multiple out there, but there's going to be a lot of things I need to sort through, which may differ herd to herd. 
What are some of the tools out there that are available to help make some of those decisions? You know, we get a lot of questions about BVD control in herds, either that don't currently have the problem and want to avoid it, or herds that are concerned that they may be working through a BVD problem. And so some of the faculty here at Kansas State University teamed with some faculty at the University of Nebraska, at Mississippi State, and Auburn University, and created what was called the BVD Consult. And again, this is an online tool that veterinarians and producers can use to really walk through the options for their specific operation. It's designed to be kind of a question and answer. You're talking to your computer or asking, the computer is asking you questions and not verbally, but you, you answer the question that the computer poses and then based on your answer, it'll have a follow-up question. And so if I had a herd that I was concerned about and you had a herd you, you were concerned about, because of the answers we would give might be a little bit different, we would get slightly different pathway through the program to kind of come up with a control strategy, both uh, what do I do today and what do I do in the future that is really designed to be optimized for each of our operations. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's an important part of the process is to be able to go through Additionally, there's some background literature supporting each of those statements, decisions as you work through the process. So if you say, hey, I want to learn more about vaccines or diagnostic tests, there's all the links built into that process. And this one, just like some of the other consults that you've worked on, available there on the BCI website, you can look under the under the tools section. We'll also put a link in this podcast, but I think that's an excellent tool. And this is a good one to talk through because I think it's important to bring up BVD. There's often not a smoking gun going, man, I got a bad disease on this place. The case scenario that we just worked through is actually relatively typical. It may not have come in the herd this year, but we found it this year. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. A lot of times it's a little bit uh, subtle. Excellent. Well, good discussion, Bob, and thanks for sharing with us today. And as always, we'll put that link on the website so you can find the consult if you're interested.